before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Date Night In. Get 10% off your first date at diapersanddisciples.com slash date. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 14. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today's episode is with my dear friend, Sarah Norton. We actually recorded this episode a few months ago, but I was waiting to share it until her own podcast launch, which happened last week. In this episode, we're talking about joys and struggles in motherhood, seeing meaning and purpose in the mundane, and how Sarah and her husband practice hospitality around the table. We also talk about Sarah's podcast, a mini-series that investigates postpartum depression and anxiety. Stay tuned for a short clip from the show at the end. Thanks for listening in. Here's my chat with Sarah. I would love to hear, because you and your husband both served with Focus, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about that and how your time as a Focus missionary um, prepared you for your life as a wife and a mother. And maybe a little bit about Focus as well for people who aren't familiar with it. So Focus stands for Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and it's uh, the largest Catholic campus outreach organization in the country. So I think right now they have over 500 missionaries who serve on over 100 campuses across um, the United States, Um, mostly secular campuses and some Catholic institutions as well. Okay. Um, We do outreach by um, a model called Win, Build, Send. It's where you win students over to Christ, Mm. and then you build them up in Bible studies and one-on-one discipleship, and then you send them out to do the same with others. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So that's Focus in a nutshell. (laughs) Great. So when you were with um, Focus, did you serve at one particular campus? Yeah. So I was what was called a December grad. So I served as a student and also a missionary at North Dakota State University for one semester. And then I was three three semesters at Mount St. Mary's University in Maryland. Okay. Emmitsburg, Maryland, a very rural town. And then I got married to my husband, and then we were both served on a focus team at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, Arizona. Okay, great. And um, so how would you say your time as a focus missionary has prepared you for um, marriage and motherhood? Yeah, Um, I think it's prepared me just like basically as well prepared as I as I could be. So what was good about focus is that it brought me in touch with the sacraments with Mm -hmm. um, mass, daily mass, um, adoration and frequent confession. Mm -hmm. And that I brought into um, being a wife and mom, like that desire all the time. Yeah, I'm not able to go to daily mass as much, or I'm not able to like go to adoration for an hour a day, every day, or go to confession like every week or whatever I did. Yeah. But like that has always stuck with me and knowing that that's the most important thing of my life because that's where I meet Jesus Mm. and I'm able to meet him and have a relationship with him. And therefore, like, make him known um, in my family and um, hopefully with people that I meet. So, Beautiful. I yeah. love that. 
Um, what do you feel like, so you have two children now, Mm -hmm. um, what do you feel like have been your greatest joys and struggles of motherhood? Yeah, so my greatest joys, I would say just seeing, uh, Ruthie smile. Because she doesn't, she doesn't really smile that much. She's a very serious girl, um, a very intense personality, and, um, just when I see her smile, it's just the nicest thing. Um, she has such a beautiful smile mm-hmm. and um, she's just a just a sweet girl. And seeing her um, pray as well has been really cool. And seeing not her not only just recite words, but like being sincere mm-hmm. in her prayer. And um, and and like and also just like praying on her own without being prompted has been some of the biggest joys with Ruthie and um Rennie my seven seven month old he just smiles all the time (laughs) he's so sweet (laughs) um that's but that's always a joy like Mm -hmm. just seeing it every time it's like I can't help but smile back at him because he's so sweet and he just loves his sister he just looks up to her so Mm -hmm. much and so those are some of the biggest joys and some of the biggest struggles have probably been um, just finding like le- like life and joy in the mundane things of being a mom, mm-hmm. a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. mostly stay-at-home. And um, like, okay, I have to do like a thousand more diapers today, you know, and like how can I like do this with joy and not just be like morose like at the thought of like doing all these like like tea or not tedious but like mundane things yeah I have to do the dishes I have to pick up Ruthie's blocks for the 10th time today Mm -hmm. you know um those have been some big big struggles and um yeah, I think the the mon- the mundane aspect mm. has been has been quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, do you feel like there has been any like practical things um, in terms of like um, like little sayings for yourself or something that helps you to uh, choose joy in the mundane or um, as you were sharing, I was just, that really resonates with me as well. <laughs> it's hard yeah, to choose yeah. joy in those things. And um, I don't know, is there anything that stands out to you that kind of helps you be able to do that, to choose joy? Yeah, I mean, one thing is thinking about all the people who have asked for my prayers mm-hmm. and the people who I should be praying for. And to take those little things like, okay, I'm going to do Rennie's diaper now. And to take that and just be like, this is for so-and-so. Oh, I love that. And to, like, but the thing beyond that is, like, to, like, not complain about it and not have sadness about it. And then, like, if you do that as a practice, it becomes, like, a virtue, you know, Mm. um, doing that. And I'm only, like, just new at, like, offering things up, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And um, so it's still really hard, but, um, yeah, just consciously offering every little thing up like in that that like has brought like a fullness you know to what you're to what I've been doing as a mom and and um also just like a a joy that's like maintaining a lot more Mm -hmm. yeah 
I love that. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, uh, so as uh, maybe a single person or a married person without children, um, if you had like some hobbies or activities that you really loved and um, how you're able to, if you're able to, I guess mm-hmm. I should ask that, still incorporate some of those into your life today. Yeah, so I, uh, well, the best way to incorporate them is wait for the kids to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then do them when they're asleep. Or, um, right. or with, like with Ruth, I, I do love to paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to paint before um, I was married. And I do love to paint with Ruthie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just throw her into it. I like to do oils with her. It's a little bit crazy, but I just do it with her. And it's amazing what a three-year-old can do mm. um, and how well they can follow directions. Um, I don't really Montessori style the oil paints <laughs> with her. I teach her very strictly. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, and... Yeah, what other hobby did I have? I I did love to read before um, getting married and having mm-hmm. kids. I'm not sure I've read a full book, mm-hmm. but that is definitely um, a goal of mine mm-hmm. um, for the next year. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like there's some aspects. I'm kind of wrestling with this myself. There's some aspects. There's some hobbies and things that I really enjoyed that I still want to incorporate in my life now. But also there's some things that I think I need to let go of for a season in order to be able to focus more on, yeah, marriage and family life. And so I'm still trying to figure it out, like, what are the things that are okay for me to let go of for this time? And what are things that I can do to, yeah, maybe incorporate my kids into the activities or yeah. um, or things like that? Uh, what has it been like teaching Ruthie, I know Rennie's still young, but Rennie too, um, how to pray? You mentioned that a little bit earlier. What does that look like for you guys? Um, praying um, is just taking them to adoration, um, mm-hmm. the adoration chapel, even if it's for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Even if they la- you know, only can last five minutes without you know being a, just a massive distraction to right. everyone. <laughs> Yeah, so we do we do take them there um, quite often, and don't really like give her anything to um, do when she's in there. Just be like, hey, Ruthie, you know, say say what prayers you want to, and um, we'll just pray for as long as as long as you're able. Hmm. And um, she always makes like really cool sincere prayers I don't know what she's saying (laughs) it's really sweet and so I think that's been really a good thing and you know praise God we have so many 24-hour adoration chapels in the area um to be able to do that um often um and you know take her to daily mass at least once a week um or well, a daily mass. It'd be like <laughs> um, on Sunday, and then you know another like extra mass. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and we just pray with her every night. Ask her what she's sorry for. Ask her what who she wants to pray for. What she's thankful for, and tell her Jesus loves her. Yeah. 
it's been pretty pretty basic mm-hmm. you know right. um, we haven't done anything like um really creative with it we've just kind of done like basic things yeah I love that and I love that it's um yeah just truth and um and goodness at her level Mm -hmm. is um like what she can understand and what she can do and take in that's beautiful um and I just wanted to mention for listeners who might not be catholic Mm -hmm. um adoration chapels are um so Catholics believe that uh, Jesus is present in Holy Communion, the Blessed Sacrament. So um, here in um, the Twin Cities in Minnesota, there's a lot of what are called adoration chapels, and they're worldwide. But um, basically, it's uh, Jesus in the host in the Blessed Sacrament is exposed in a way um, where you could go into a chapel and see him and spend some quiet time and pray. And... Um, uh, typically there's something called a holy hour where you could actually go and you'd spend an hour in the chapel and that's um, just an hour you can sit with the Lord and um, talk with him. So um, I think it's beautiful that there's so many chapels in this area and that also you can take your kids there. <laughs> and if I'm remembering correctly, there's two that are actually in walking distance of your house, which is yes, awesome. Yes. So, <laughs> that's so neat. Um Great. Okay. I would love, um, I would love to know and talk a little bit more about, um, hospitality and how you and your husband, Andy do hospitality because you, you both are just so gifted at inviting people into your home for a meal. And, um, I know you love to cook and you're an excellent cook. (laughs) So, um, inviting people, um, into your home to share a meal um, so I guess my question is, what is it about inviting people into your home and sharing a meal that fosters friends, friendship and, um, why do you do that? And what are, what are the benefits? Would you say of that? Yeah. Um, we do it because we love being around people. Um, if we go like basically like two days without being around, um, someone else, someone else other than ourselves, um, we start to feel a little bit crazy. So that's just who Andy and I are. <laughs> yeah, that's um, great. <laughs> and we're like, what's a, like a natural way to do that is food. You know, mm-hmm. everyone needs to eat. Everyone mm-hmm. likes to be cooked for. Um, and we just like like to treat people too. You know, like mm-hmm. we like to give to people in that way, you know, through a meal. And... Also, eating with someone and how it can foster friendship is like, this is a little, this is something that's not really talked about with food, but food involves like most of your senses or it might be all of your oh, senses. Yeah. That's a good and point. that's like a really like cool way to like experience another person, if that makes sense. Like, sure. Through like seeing them using all their senses. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, I've never thought of that. Um, so yeah, eyes, smell, taste, touch. Um, well, yeah, hearing, yeah, um, just you know, conversation, yeah, at the table. So it actually is very like I'm gonna use the word sensual in uh-huh. some ways, yeah. yeah, and that can like really like um, make friendships like deeper. Wow, yeah, yeah that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you guys make it a point like weekly or to have people over, or is it just? more of a spur of the moment thing. 
It's, it's both. So we definitely have to have someone over weekly. Um, preferably we have it like planned twice a week and then oftentimes spur of the moment. So <laughs> we're, yeah, we, uh, we do like, yeah, we do like being around other people a lot. I love it. So, yeah. uh, um, do you think, is it both, it's a personality thing for mm-hmm. you guys a little bit? Yeah. Um, I'm wondering for people who are listening who maybe what resonated with them was when you were saying we start to get a little crazy when it's mm-hmm. just us. Mm-hmm. Um, what would your tips be for, I guess, inviting people into your home for dinner? Would it be, like, um, for people maybe that don't have a friend in mind, would it be, like, reaching out to someone at their church? Or what, what do you think? Yeah, um, especially, you know, um, at a church, you meet someone after a service or mass, mm-hmm. and you get their name, and you just, like, get their number. You'd be like, hey, can I have your number? I'd love to have you over for dinner. We love to have people over for dinner and just get their number and invite them as soon as you're able. I love yeah. that. And I, I don't think it's common practice mm-hmm. to invite people over because I think there's some worry associated with, oh, inviting people into my home and mm-hmm. it's too crazy or <laughs> it's too messy or whatever it is. But I love that you just commit to doing it. And yeah, um, I think that's great. I love it. Hey, friends, you know how difficult it is to get a date in when you have kiddos. That's why I love today's sponsor so much. Date Night In is a monthly subscription box that gives you everything you need for a fun date with your husband each month. Cameron and I just received our first box and I'm so excited for our date next week. Let's just say it involves sea salt caramel, a fondue kit, and apple cider chapstick. Each box includes everything you need for your date activity, a Spotify playlist to go along with your date, and a suggested dinner recipe to match the theme. You don't need a babysitter, You don't need to plan, you just need the box. And you can get 10% off your first box by going to diapersanddisciples.com slash date. And if you order this month, you could have your first box wrapped and ready to give to your husband for Christmas. So check it out at diapersanddisciples.com slash date. Do you have any encouragement for um, young Christian moms who are just kind of maybe in a rut or are in the mundane day-to-day, um, like you were mentioning earlier. Um, is there any sort of encouragement or advice that maybe sticks out to you that you would want to share with young moms in that position? The mundane is definitely just a season. Mm. You don't have to, but don't wish it away either. Mm. You know, it, it really is a season of life. That's what everyone tells me. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not out of it yet, but that's what everyone tells me. Mm. Um, and just I would just say like try and go on adventures with your with your kids um, and try and think of something new or like one thing each day that gets you excited yeah about doing something I love that because I think I think you're right a lot of um, maybe the stress or the burden of the day sometimes can just be relieved by going on an adventure with the kids. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Just getting out of the house. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. Um, and I wanted to ask you about one more thing before I get to my final <laughs> three questions, which is um, you are hoping to launch a podcast. And yes. um, I love the idea. And uh, I would love for you to, if you don't mind, just sharing a little bit um, about what you're hoping to do, um, with your podcast. 
For those of you who listen to Serial, it's going to be kind of in that style, um, kind of narrative, investigation-like, but it's going to be me interviewing moms um, and investigating kind of like their lives, um, moms who have had postpartum depression and or anxiety, and um, talking to them about um, their life as a mom, how that happened, what was their rock bottom, and how they got out of that and mm. and are living an abundant life now as a mom mm. and I'm gonna I'm not an expert I'm not a um, psychology expert or a counselor um, so I'm learning myself as I go along as I interview these women I'm also going to enlist the help of um, counselors and therapists as well in the podcast mm. I, I love it because it's kind of uh, almost a taboo topic people don't really talk about postpartum depression or anxiety um as moms um and to do it in this way where you're speaking with other moms and coming from the perspective of a mom yourself Mm -hmm. and um and not necessarily just from a medical kind of terminology right way of going about it um how did you come up with the idea for the podcast yeah so i was um I remember doing dishes, and it was shortly after um, myself I'd gotten better from postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I'd gotten the help that I needed, and I was, you know, at 100%. And I remember doing the dishes one night, and this was just like four months ago. It wasn't even that long ago. And I was doing the dishes, and I was like, Lord, how is it you want me to like fulfill the great commission how is it you want me to reach other people and bring you to other people Mm. and immediately though his words um came to me and he said uh do a mental health podcast mental health podcast it was so clear it was clear as day and um so I was like okay I'm going to do this. Yeah. And just experiencing it myself and getting better and knowing the importance of it. It yeah, it is a taboo, has a stigma, mm-hmm. you know, talking about mental health. Um and it's uh filling like a a niche in the podcast world that mm-hmm. has not been filled yet. Mhm. I love it. And I I feel like that's such a great reminder for myself mm-hmm. and for everyone listening to ask God questions because I think sometimes we just expect answers but we haven't asked the questions yet so I think it's just so beautiful that you were just asking the Lord how how God am I supposed to fulfill the great commission how am I supposed to do this and um I think that's beautiful um great and so when it does launch I'll be sure to announce on the podcast <laughs> awesome. so people thank you so people yeah. can go check it out because I'm very excited to listen to it um, great. So I'll ask you a few more questions if you don't mind. Yeah, great. What would you say is your favorite part of your home and why? Uh, wow. <laughs> I've, I've read through these questions, Amber. <laughs> I'm still like, I, I just love my home. I think it's really sweet. That's it's very cute. cute. <laughs> you know, it's just like the typical cute, you know, old house. Um, I like that it has a lot of archways and little nooks in it. Yeah. And it's just really sweet, and it's uh, and it's well built, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and it fits our family and um, 
plus more probably. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. You're right. Yeah. I love the character of it. Mm-hmm. Even in just the living room we're sitting in now, there yeah. are these like <laughs> little nooks. I'm not even sure what to call them, yeah. but they're just, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You can like a place to put books or candles or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, I love that. Um, okay. What is something that you are loving recently? I've been loving podcasts, actually. I'm oh, new great. to the podcast world, even though I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> That's great. And um, I've been loving, um, I'm just going to shout out like the yeah. History Chicks. I okay. love listening to them. Um, they make history so enjoyable, which is their goal. That's and, great. And um, podcast, so podcast is one. And I've also... Let me think. I mean, I love a lot of things. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, but de- definitely podcasts and the YMCA in West St. Paul. Uh, Fine. Because yes. it has a child, free child care for up to two hours a time. <laughs> so I can drop Ruth and Rennie off for two hours. Or, well, Andy, my husband, has the uh, membership. So he goes, takes the kids and drops them off for two hours. And uh-huh. they get to play and have fun while he gets to work out or just sit and do nothing <laughs> and I get to be at home or do whatever I want you know for a couple hours the YMCA is awesome I yeah love that. I know after you told us about yeah. that we're like oh we'll have to check out the Y in our area yeah that's so wonderful because exercise so as I was yes. mentioning earlier running is one of the things mm-hmm. that I um have always loved and um, when I started having children, kind of took a back burner, mm. but I've been trying to do it a little bit more running with the kids. But you get to a certain distance. Like if I've been running for 25 or 30 minutes, my kids are like, they've reached their limit mm-hmm. and they're running in the jogging strollers. <laughs> so it'd be nice if I'm wanting to go on a longer run to have an option like that. So yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, okay, and then my final question, do you have any mom hacks or something that is making your life a little simpler right now? Um, the YMCA. Yeah! <laughs> that has been, um, yeah, I would say that, and having a, <laughs> a girl who is old enough to help clean a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like age has been helpful um, for making my life a little bit simpler. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. It gets to be like a certain age where you can ask them to pick up their things mm-hmm. and they do it in at least a somewhat yeah. orderly way where they can put it in a box at least. So <laughs> exactly. That's great. Yeah. It's funny because um, my three-year-old uh, Lucy is great about doing that. Uh, but then my son, um, Peter, he loves to like just be busy all the time. So he'll be like taking stuff out of the box and like moving it to random places in the wow. house. And he just feels like he's busy working all day. So um, I love it. It's just it's just funny. Um, the other day we opened one of our kitchen cabinets and we found like a pair of sunglasses and his hat that he doesn't really like to wear. I just like it. So we had like taken it off and put it in the cabinet. Uh. Which I love. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much, yeah. Sarah, for being on, and um, I'll just go ahead and close us in a prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time, and thank you for all of the women listening today. I pray that um, in the mundane, um, that they may see you and uh, choose to love you and love their families um, in those tasks. And Lord. Um, 
uh, just give us the grace to also remember those that we want to keep in our prayers and to um, even just offer up um, those times of sacrifice throughout our day for those individuals. Um, and Jesus, just give us the, the guidance um, to know um, what might just be a season in our life and um, the grace and perseverance to <laughs> get through the sleeplessness um, and to still uh, be able to love you and um, choose you and love you and choose our families. Uh, Jesus, we pray all of this in your holy name. Amen. Hi friends, thanks for listening in. Listening back on this, I realized how much I love the sort of kid-friendly examine Sarah mentioned that they do with their daughter. So I'm going to have that typed up along with the rest of the notes for today's episode at diapersanddisciples.com. You can learn more about Sarah's podcast at mentalthepodcast.com. Now, as promised, here's a clip from Mental the Podcast. It was April 20th, 2017, when I was first diagnosed with postpartum depression. I know this because I wrote it down in the iPhone I'm holding right now. It was a normal day, at least typical for me at the time. I was basically just crying all day and yelling at my kids. It got to the point where I said to my three-year-old daughter, I'm a bad mommy. And she said to me, no, you're not a bad mommy. You're a good mommy. You're going to go to the doctor. They're going to wipe away your tears and help you smile again. About an hour later, I got to the doctor and through a ton of tears, I told her my symptoms and she told me, you have postpartum depression. To hear more, be sure to visit mentalthepodcast.com.